This week's support for the fine print with Attorney Jen Route comes from Thrivent Financial. For more than 100 years, Thrivent has offered financial guidance about saving, spending, and sharing. Thrivent helps more than 2.3 million member owners be wise with money through its broad range of products and services, including life insurance, annuities, and mutual funds. To learn more about what makes Thrivent unique, contact John Grolo, FIC Financial Associate, at 614-567-7141. And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Route. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my non-conforming sidekick. That is not true. 100% not true. Whatever. (laughs) You're the biggest non-conformist. Who put labels on me, man? Uh Uh-huh. No way. You fight the man better than any other person I know. You know what? It's futile. It's a futile effort, but you know what? I'll fight. I'll fight. You'll fight just to fight. (laughs) He likes to go against the grain, folks. I do. I do. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. Good. Staying busy? Always. Yeah. Yep. It's summertime, so it's busy, busy. Things are happening, moving, shaking, the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what are we talking about today? Well, so I've had a lot of interesting conversations with clients lately. Um, And things tend to come in trends. It's weird. Uh, We won't have anything of a certain type of law for a long time, and then we'll have a bunch of one thing. Hmm. Is it like Um, an annual thing, or just just time goes by and then... Right, like we'll have a bunch of boundary disputes all at one time, or we'll have um, several complicated, weird issues in probate, but it's similar issues like all at one time, but then we won't see them for a year or more. Hmm. Um, And recently, the big concern has been... Can I really tell you everything as my lawyer and you're not going to repeat it? So Okay. So basic this is just you know, the the client This uh, is keeping client confidences and right. what all that means and what are lawyer standards? Because okay. I think it's actually a big concern for um a lot of clients, especially the first time you sit down with an attorney, to know really what's happening and what an attorney is allowed to do and not allowed to do and all of those things. Okay. Um, so first and foremost, attorneys are govern- governed by the Supreme Court of the state they are in. Okay. So in Ohio, it's the Supreme Court of Ohio. In New York, the Supreme Court is actually the lowest court. They are the highest court that governs, you know, the highest court in the state is basically the court that governs Okay. Lawyers. Okay. Okay. Um, so most states have adopted the model rules of professional conduct, mm-hmm. maybe with a few changes here and there, but we're pretty much all governed by about the same rules, give or take. Okay. Um, this took place uh, about 10 years ago. It replaced the disciplinary rules. Okay. So now it's the rules of professional conduct in Ohio. Um, and specifically, Rule 1.6 is the confidentiality of information. So this is where attorneys can go into court and argue, I can't tell you that, Judge. It's attorney-client privilege. Gotcha. Okay. So um, generally, as a general principle, it is a fundamental nature of the attorney-client relationship that attorneys must maintain the confidentiality. 
So, and a client comes in and tells me, um, I think my husband has been molesting our daughter. Wow. That's, All a, right. that's a big one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't repeat that. Right. I can't. If, if she's my client, yeah. I can't go back to the husband. Right. Now, it gets complicated sometimes because um, the question is always who owns the relationship? Right. Who's the client? Mm-hmm. If I've represented both the husband and wife, mm-hmm. I can't keep confidences between them. Right. It gets very muddled and mucky right. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, same thing for a corporation. Mm-hmm. If I represent the corporation, mm-hmm. at what point do I owe the duty to the corporation and not the employee? Yeah. So if an employee tells me, well, I've been breaking all of these safety rules, <laughs> I have an obligation to yeah. the company, yeah, not to... the individual employee. Because right. I don't represent the individual employee. I My job is to protect the corporation. Right. Now, would that be a conflict of interest for you to do that, to represent both the employee and the organization? It depends on what I'm representing. In. Okay. Um, so, generally speaking, it's not. Okay. Because a corporation defends its employees. Okay. As a general rule. Makes sense. But, for instance, if it's a employee-employer dispute, mm-hmm. I'm representing the employer. Gotcha. Because I represent the yep. corporation. Um, so it's kind of, there's three different types of confidences. There's mm-hmm. just confidentiality, there's attorney-client privilege, and then there's work product. Okay. So that's attorney work product. So um, this confidentiality uh, is when we cannot voluntarily reveal information relating to the representation of our clients without the client's express or implied consent. Okay. So um, think of a divorce case where the client says, I have $5,000 in this account over Mm -hmm. here that he doesn't know about or Mm -hmm. she doesn't know about. Right. Okay. That's confidential. Right. Until such time I have authority or have to explain that. Right. Um. In divorces, it matters. All the finances go on the table. Right. So there's a time and place where it has to be explained. Yeah. Um, And that's when it's implied that it gets, you're, you're required to explain this information. Yeah. If you don't, mm-hmm. attorneys can get in trouble for basically aiding and abetting the it's, frauding, defrauding. It's a pretty big charge. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and that, in a sense, that's exactly what it is. Right. Right. We are officers of the court, so we can't actively help a client right. perpetrate a fraud. Right. Okay. So there's some limitations there. Yeah. Now, it always comes up well, what about with crimes? Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So a criminal defense attorney could absolutely have his client say, hey, yeah, I committed the crime. I don't want to do the full penalty. Yeah. Get me out of this. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He will never, ever be forced to say whether or not his client committed the crime. Okay. Because that is absolutely protected. Right. Um, Client says, I'm going, I'm thinking about committing a crime. Mm. Same thing. 
Hmm. Still, I'm thinking about. Okay. You are, I, it's confidential. You are not allowed to okay. express that. Um, There are some exceptions, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, so then the next type of confidentiality so is... So if I were to say, I'm thinking about stealing a car. Right. I don't know... In any other format other than a podcast where people actually can listen to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Because um, the second or third party is in the room... Right. Yeah, then it's... Confidentiality yeah. is destroyed. Right. Because it's no longer just a communication right. between... But if it was just you and I and I said, I th- I'm thinking of stealing a car, you right. could say, don't do it, but you wouldn't say, no, no, he's thinking about doing that. Right. Makes sense. Right. Now, when it comes to what can go into court, there are certain things that are absolutely prohibited okay. under the rules of evidence. That includes attorney-client privilege and attorney work product. So, under attorney-client privilege, lawyers cannot be compelled to reveal communications with their clients. Mm-hmm. Um. It only applies to the client communicates confidentially, which is why the second there's a third party in the room, that's right. destroyed. Um, and that's the privilege. And a court can never compel the emails between an attorney and their client, mm-hmm. text messages, anything like that, mm. unless they're copying a third person. Gotcha. Because that destroys the privilege. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Then there's work product. So attorneys will take notes because that's what we do. (laughs) We will analyze things and take more notes. Right. Um, We could draft something and be emailing it back and forth with a client. Is this true? Is this accurate? Blah, blah, blah. Right. That's all work product, Um, which means we cannot be compelled to share that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So if you're working on, for instance, a settlement agreement Mm -hmm. or a complaint or something, and you're going back and forth to make sure you get the facts right, Mm -hmm. all of that's work product. Right. So it can never be used against the client because the client always has ultimate knowledge of the events. Right. Which means we, as attorneys, have to interpret those. Right. And sometimes we get it wrong. Yeah. Because, you know, the client... Not you, right? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) She's like... I wish uh. I could say that. Um, But, you know, a client says they handcuffed me over a fence. Okay. Okay. What comes to your mind? Well, if they're handcuffing you and you're on one side of the fence and they're on the other, I'm picturing a four-foot fence. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be. Yeah, I guess it could be like a six-foot fence. And and they're hanging over the side. Like, you know, you don't necessarily know. So sometimes a client will say, well, he breached the contract. Right. Okay. What does that mean? Right. (laughs) And we have to interpret your understanding of what a contract is, what were the terms, what the other person did wrong, and then convey that clearly to a court. Okay. That makes so sense. you can see where some misunderstandings could happen sure. and why you'd have to go back and it's forth. It's like uh, playing telephone. Yeah. You know, only your your goal is to be as precise as you possibly can. Yep. So that when you convey the information, you're, A, not breaking any confidences, but still right. telling the story as your client tells it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which also brings up, it doesn't just have to be a com- conversation. It could be an email. It could be a fax. It mm-hmm. could be a text message. It could be a phone conversation. It could be in person. Right. 
all of those means are covered. Gotcha. Um, and that's, I think, important. Yeah, I mean, especially in, with today's technology and how things are changing and messages are being sent right. and everything like that. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so then the big question that we always get, um, can clients keep facts secret by telling these facts to their lawyers and then relying on this privilege um, to prevent the discovery of those facts? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so um, oftentimes in litigation, we get into everyone's finances. Okay. So let's just think of it as a business divorce. Mm. Okay, so makes sense. Two business partners, and neither side wants to show their personal finances, but they're both making allegations that the other stole from the company. Well, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) There is no confidentiality there. That is all discoverable because that's how we prove or disprove. Gotcha. That you didn't do anything wrong. Right. So, like, um, a client who went from twenty thousand dollars in savings to a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in savings in six months yeah well the other side's going to want to know why yeah maybe you got an inheritance yeah maybe you sold a boat or something right maybe you sold real estate yeah you could have a very legitimate reason sure and there's no reason to keep that confidential during discovery right because why would someone want to keep that confidential because it's none of their business <laughs> she said with zero hesitation. None whatsoever. Obviously, you've heard that before. <laughs> right. It's none of their business how much I make from these three other companies I own. True. <laughs> but they're accusing you of stealing money yeah. from this company. So maybe clear your name. So yeah. by showing them yeah. that you don't owe anybody any money, that all of this is legitimately earned, yeah, dispels that. Right. That's how we prove our case. Right. Makes sense. So we have to share that. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But you have to. Yeah. Like, you don't get around that. Right. Um. So, you know, there's various issues like that, and it, it gets touchy. Yeah. But you telling me something, it does not keep it from being discoverable. Sure. Um, based on what the case is. Okay. Now, I've worked up a question in my head, but I kind of want to wait until you, you finished all of your things here. So. You, you can ask. Well, no, no, no. It, it, because I think it's kind of built off of all the different you know, the, the questions you're answering for yourself. So, right. yeah. So, go ahead and do your thing. Right. So, now, we are allowed to share information with informed consent, meaning mm-hmm. the client um, either has said, yeah, share this. Yeah. Um, or... Um, there's few other exceptions. So uh, I often get asked, well, what if I tell you I'm going to go murder my wife? <laughs> okay. This is a may, not a shall. Yeah. And this is where some people question things. But okay. if. So if they say I may go murder my wife versus. Or I'm going to kill my wife tomorrow night. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. As an attorney, I do not have to mm. inform law authority. Okay. But I may. Gotcha. The exception is to prevent the reasonably certain death or um, substantial bodily harm to someone. Makes sense. Okay. Here's the elaborate contraption I built to murder <laughs> right. my wife tomorrow night when she comes home. 
Right. Yeah. Then, yeah. Same thing to prevent someone, a client or others from committing a major crime. Makes sense. Um, or to mitigate the substantial injury or financial, uh, injury to financial or property interest resulting from their client's commission of an illegal or, um, so kind of greater good argument in that situation. Right. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets hard for the attorneys. Mm. It has to be pretty certain. Yeah. So often in divorces, for instance, you will hear someone angry and ticked yeah. and venting because you become a psychologist during those times. Yeah. And they will say, I'm going to kill her. Okay. That may not actually mean. We know. Yeah. That yeah. they are not going to kill this person. Right. But um, I advised a client on a case where her ex-husband called another law firm and said, I'm going to kill my ex-wife. Mm. And that law firm put her on notice and called hmm. the police because he was like dead certain. Yeah. Like out of the blue. Why would you do this? I don't know. But, right. you know. It like, seems like a bad Decision right. tree right it was there. Consi- but yeah. It was looked at and yeah. viewed as a threat. Yeah. It wasn't in the course of regular representation. It wasn't at a high stress moment where it was said out of exasperation. Right. It was just. Yeah. He just laid it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a threat against someone's life. Sure. That's pretty big. Yeah. You don't have to report that as an attorney. Right. But you probably should. It would make I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Right. Not doing yeah. that. Um the other time would be we can divulge these confidences uh to keep our own compliance with the other rules of professional conduct. Okay. Um so we again going back to like the fraud against the court. Mm-hmm. We can't lie to the court. Okay. I find this most common with bankruptcy attorneys. Okay. Someone doesn't want to show an asset. Gotcha. Or they take pride in the fact that their asset, their truck, is worth ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Except on Blue Book it says two. Right. No, no, no. You gotta tell the cl- the court it's worth ten, because I know it's worth ten. But Blue Book says it's two, and for your purposes, if you want to keep your truck, yeah. <laughs> you want the court to see it as yeah. two. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So there's like some guidelines there. Um, That's all important. Also, to establish a claim or defense in controversies between the lawyers and their clients. Um, So, for instance, um, if a client sues an attorney for malpractice. Okay. All bets are off. Yeah. Because if you're suing for malpractice, mm-hmm. we have to be able to defend that. Right. Um, well, it's kind of like the two people not wanting to, to disclose what their personal finances are. It's like in order to determine what actually happened, you kind of have to look at all that. Right. Yeah. Which, again, makes sense. Yeah. Like, if you're going to accuse me yeah. of doing something wrong, I get to use our communications right. Where I specifically outlined everything I advised you of in this lovely email that you then responded to asking additional questions and then giving, I responded back and forth and then ultimately you made this decision. Yeah. You can't sue me for malpractice. Right. And be successful at it. Right. 
because look, I documented everything. Here I got to go. imagine suing an attorney for malpractice is probably a pretty challenging thing to pull off. Um, <laughs> you can file lawsuits. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and this goes back to our old standby: don't be a jerk rule. Yeah. Anybody could make any allegation against any person at any time. Mm-hmm. I could go file a police report and say, I have a bruise on my arm. Ben just hit me. I did, too. I mm-hmm. hit it real hard. Yeah, real hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just edited it out. Right, clearly. Um, and I could press charges for assault. Okay. And if I'm convincing, the police will take that down, and they have to do an investigation. They can come arrest you and say, well, you, she said you hit her. Yeah. Yeah. It's that simple. Right. Same thing with a lawsuit. Yeah. You can file. I could say Ben breached a contract. Yeah. And file a lawsuit against you. Yeah. Now, if I do this with no grounds, it is truly a frivolous lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And I can be found to uh, have violated some rules myself and then get myself in trouble. Makes sense. Right. But if not, I mean... Yeah. Anybody can allege anything. Yeah. Okay. Right. Even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You you can have that happen. Um, yeah. Jen is a 10-foot tall space alien. Right. That's fact. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at her right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Standing here tall. Yep. I had to adjust twi- the microphone when she t- got in at here. At twice my natural height. <laughs> <laughs> She's 10 uh, foot tall divided by two. Right. <laughs> So the other two exceptions would be to comply with other laws or court orders. Okay. So a court can order an attorney to hey, produce sorry. things. You got you to say it. Yeah. 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 Um, they try not to with, obviously, there's exceptions to that. Sure. Um, and then lastly, it's to detect and resolve conflicts of interest um, from changes in the lawyer's employment and changes in the lawyer's firm. Okay. Okay. So this really comes into play... Um, when one lawyer leaves a firm, another takes over the case. Mm-hmm. Or does that lawyer take the case, the leaving lawyer take the case with them? Okay. Depends on your deal with the law firm and who the contract is with. Okay. So those things all matter. Yeah. Um. And that's really all of your exceptions. There's various others that are basically all along the same lines for attorney-client privilege and attorney work product. Okay. Less with attorney work product because that is generally our thoughts and impressions. Um, but it can be waived by disclosure. It can be waived by failure to object. It can be waived by attacking the lawyer's work. Um, that would be, again, with ma- malpractice cases. Um, or waived by putting the advice of counsel um, at issue. So a lot of criminal lawyers will have things like um, ineffective counsel mm. claims brought against them. Okay. Normally by pro se litigants who did the crime and they're just saying their attorney improperly advised them right. that they were going to serve prison time for their felony assault. <laughs> um, right. There's My lawyer didn't get me out of that, uh, 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 you know, armed robbery thing where I robbed the local quickie mart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, everything else stays confidential. Okay. Um, I mean, those are exceptions, and often those are weird exceptions. Yeah. Okay, so now my question that I alluded to earlier is, when does that start? 
like when like and 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 I guess it sort of gets into sort of a rubber meets the road question mm-hmm. with you as well because as a professional you know, those services I would imagine are professional services it's not like yes. anybody who talks to you I mean like right now you're not representing me as my attorney no nope. you know but but if I tell or you or any of our listeners right so <laughs> and you know but if I were to tell you something off the air it, between you and I mm-hmm. I mean it's not like I have client uh, lawyer patient lawyer client confidentiality in that situation i mean as a professional human being i know that you wouldn't just repeat right. the stuff that it, i said it depends right and that's sadly that's always the answer in law so like if someone calls my office yeah and i give them 30 seconds worth of advice right which happens frequently yeah i can't then represent the other person that they called about gotcha because i've already heard this side of the story fair enough um Technically, it's as soon as you take on representation. Gotcha. Um, that would include the free consultation. Gotcha. Um, generally, the first phone call. Gotcha. Um, and that's all on you to know when those right. those boundaries begin and, and end and everything like that. And I imagine that's right. how you bill accordingly. Yeah. Is that kind of how that... Um, yeah. I know that you end up giving a lot of free hours and stuff like I that do. to things. You know, but that's, you know, that just seems to me like, you know, right. when do you start and stop the clock is kind of part of the question. Right. And that gets complicated. Right. Um, well, and it gets complicated, especially uh, eventually you've been representing clients so long that, you know, they become friends. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> do you draw the line? Right. Um, my thought process on that is if I can't be billing and if I'm working on your stuff and not able to work on another client's matter. Yep. That makes sense. If we're talking about, you know, weekend plans, that doesn't count. Right. Um, so, you know, there's some crossovers there and you have to use your best judgment. Right. Um, the biggest complaint to any of like disciplinary council or any of the bar associations generally has to do with a lack of communication from the lawyer. Gotcha. It is the number one complaint filed against lawyers. Yeah. Um, Because we in general are not always the best communicators with our clients because we know things. Right. But we don't always explain them back to clients. Right. Well, and there's got to be a line of, what do you need to explain to somebody versus what is sort of not super relevant for them to understand at the moment? And I guess that's that's a fine line. I would it's imagine. a fine line. Yeah. Um, and you have clients who don't want the clock ticking every time <laughs> you, you answer s- the phone. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I generally run, you know, and each attorney has a slightly different meter on this. And it's right. a very gray area. It depends. Yeah. Um. If it's something that my assistant or paralegal could tell you and I just happen to be the one that answered the phone, again, I'm just giving you information that I probably already told you in an right. email. Yeah. I don't need to rebuild yeah. you. Yeah. Um, if it's talking through a matter. Yeah. I can't be billing other clients. Yeah. So if we're having a conversation, if we're having a meeting, if we're emailing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Those things get to happen. Okay. Um, but other things, you know, it's it's more complicated. It's more convoluted, and yeah. you have to use your best judgment. Yeah. 
in general, I just don't repeat stuff to people. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've known that about you for a very long time. Is that you? I mean, if you say you're going to keep something secret, you keep it secret. You've, that's just a mark of your character. So you know, but I I just find that kind of interesting because it's like you know, at what point is it you know, a conversation you have over you know burrito bowl chipotle versus you know, an actual discussion you know between a lawyer and their client, you know? Right. So. And attorneys also have to be very careful, especially when you are talking to an unrepresented person. Okay. So, like, if I represent a landlord and I'm working out a an agreement with a tenant. Right. I need to be very clear with the tenant that while I may tell them what the law is. Yeah. I do not represent them. I represent the landlord. They can always go get their own attorney. Right. Um, because it's a line that can be easily crossed. Right. Well, and that's why we have the disclaimer on our show here is so that this is not advice that we're giving to people. No. The, the only advice I think we would say that we give to people is go talk to an attorney. Right. And yeah. don't be a jerk. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a that's just a good general good, life advice. Good rule yeah. to live by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, those, I mean, yeah. the thing is that each situation has so many different dynamics that you just don't know. Yeah. And everybody's different. Everybody sees things from their perspective. And I mean, God, there's, there's a zillion variables that go into it. So, right. so hire it, someone to help you sort the variables. Right. And it's always a smaller investment up front versus to fix it on the back end. Yep. So worth a conversation. Yep. Good stuff. Cool. Cool. All about confidentiality. Yep. Love it. Fascinating. Fine. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Good. So I'm looking forward to your joke of the week. But first, as always, a little housekeeping. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics for future episodes, or ask questions. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen out every week. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter and other places, uh, but not Jen because she doesn't do things like that. I don't. Mm. No. She's on Instagram, though, apparently. So find her there. No. Nope. She'll, she'll send you lots of pictures. Not on Insta. Oh, that's, oh no, no. It was uh, Snapchat. I was on Snapchat. Snapchat. You, I still don't she, get it. You made that past tense too, dude. I think I still have a Snapchat account. I just don't do too much <laughs> with it. It's just not on her phone at the moment. So. <laughs> it might still be on the phone. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> she still has like the, the default messages from Snapchat saying, Probably. welcome to Snapchat. I do actually. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day and head on over to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And finally, we would like to thank you, all of our listeners, for listening. Uh, it's because of you that our podcast exists and we continue to making them. Um, if you like what you hear, remember sharing is caring and uh, Jen, would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week? Oh, I can't wait. Okay, it's a really stupid one, so I'm going to preface this up front. We're, by the way, we are scraping the very bottom of the barrel for lawyer jokes. <laughs> please send point. jokes. Yes, please send jokes, or we may have to write some sort of new segment to replace the lawyer joke of the week. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. we'll come up with it. Um, 
How many lawyers can you put on the head of a pin? I don't know. Ten, if you make them stand on their heads. Aww. I told you that was a dumb joke. I don't even understand. Is it like putting, I don't know that putting I... pins in lawyers' heads or lawyers have pin heads? I don't know. I was thinking pin heads. I was but... thinking pin heads as well, but it's that's not a very good joke. That's so, all right. We'll see if we can do better next time. Next but, time. Uh, anyway, until next time, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout, reminding you that ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.